0: this is the frontier podcast powered by gun.io the engineer's choice for engineering
1: talent if you like what you hear rate review and subscribe and follow us on twitter at the frontier pod mobile app
0: security expert
1: domingo guerra
0: is an authority in a field that's growing at a frenetic pace as the founder of App Authority, Domingo witnessed firsthand how businesses require increasing levels of assistance to properly secure critical business data and protect consumers on mobile platforms. When App Authority was acquired by Symantec, Domingo continued his work at the cutting edge of mobile threat defense. In this episode, he shares his belief in the preeminence of device security and a culture where personal mobile devices often form the backbone of company operations.
1: Domingo, it's, it's great to have you. Thanks for uh, spending time with me
0: thanks for having me ledge it's a pleasure to be here
1: fantastic could you please give a little background story of you know yourself and your work and the, the things that, that you're up to so the audience can get to know you
0: sure um originally from monterey mexico uh, moved to texas for school and then ended up in the bay area as that this is where all the the jobs were and after some stints in, in engineering and the robotics group for applied materials and then operations group for brocade, I decided to start a company focused on mobile app security. Uh, so we started App Authority in 2011, really saw a big boom of how enterprises were using not just mobile devices, but mobile apps increasingly for work related topics. And we wanted to help secure and protect both the employees and, and the corporate data. After growing the company for about eight and a half years, uh, we ended up being acquired by Symantec last year uh, end of, in, in October 2018. And, and now we're really excited to, to be able to take our, our work to a, really a global scale, uh, protecting enterprise, but also protecting consumers, since Symantec has the ability to do both. It uh, has given us really the exciting task to look at every app on every device and see how they're behaving See how they're being built. See what kind of technologies or, or new approaches are being implemented, and it's, it's pretty fun line of line of work.
1: Well, congrats on the first of all on a big exit because that's that's huge. Uh, you know, everybody dreams of that. Um, yeah, tell me, I mean, mobile app security—why is it different? I mean, everybody talks about security now; it's you know hottest topic, and nobody wants to get in get in an Equifax, you know, kind of situation. So, I mean, just. What is the space like why um why'd you jump in there and what has changed maybe over the last you know several years yeah, so if we look at the traditional
0: endpoints so desktops and then eventually laptops as an industry they've been getting new technology to secure monitor and remediate threats really for many decades um, and then if we look at traditional mobile phones in the workplace ten 11, 12 years ago, it was a BlackBerry-only environment and only executives and maybe salespeople had Blackberries, and and that was it, and it was pretty locked down. Uh, iPhone in in 2007 and then shortly after that, Android really changed everything where it became every single employee across the whole vertical enterprise, but also across every every type of organization or industry started bringing their phones to work. Uh, With that, they started bringing their apps to work as well. And at first it was only receiving email, but now it's connecting to enterprise Wi-Fi, connecting to enterprise or private clouds, accessing work or personal apps. And it's really just merged into personal security is now related to enterprise security. And a lot of times that that's not incre- increasingly obvious to developers. They're saying, "Ah, oh, I'm just building a consumer app. I shouldn't really care about security. But the fact that it sits on a work device or accesses work data as well, or employees use it for work, Uh, if it's maybe an organizational app or a productivity app, the importance starts increasing, it's not always the focus is there. The other thing that we thought was really interesting is that in the old software model, you used to buy a big DVD or or CD-ROM and really install a huge package and you paid for every software you used. And the app model where you download something very specific for a certain task, if you want this, there's an app for that. If you want something else, there's a different app there, has really pushed the developers to build lean, build small, build fast, but build cheap. Uh, So there's not a big budget uh, to spend on security tools or security analysis. And users are usually not paying for the apps either. Maybe there's a freemium and then eventually paid services, but it's tough for developers uh, to monetize as well. So they end up having to maybe collect some data and, and maybe sell that to ad networks or data brokers which, again, is not always great from a security or privacy perspective. So those were kind of the market movers where we felt this was a great space to focus on.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes me wonder, first thing that popped into my head was, you know, you have security from the standpoint of uh, eliminating bad actors, and then you have security from the standpoint of, you know, sort of non-malicious app developer but just simply, you know, doesn't have the wherewithal or the skills to, you know, use the best practices or, or access the types of things that, that you're talking about. Um, Those two different cohorts kind of would be two different, you know, vectors for you to think about, you know, insecurity. I'm, I'm curious what the balance is and, you know, how do you, you kind of address them? You know, is it just literally like shut it down or, you know, how do you, how do you keep the ecosystem alive in a secure way and kind of, you know, sort of benefit the whole community?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And, and it's something where a lot of the CISOs, the chief information security officers, they struggle with the balance of how tough to be on certain aspects. Obviously, if something's malicious by a malicious author, or an attack, uh, it used to be single person hackers. And then increasingly in our research, uh, we start seeing now like nation-type sponsored attacks or coordinated attacks against certain companies or individuals. So obviously for anything malicious, you want to stop it. You, you want to eliminate the threat, automatically remove the threat and address it. The The difficulty is that most of the threats in number, maybe in severity, it's malicious, but in, in terms of number or how likely they are to occur, they're non-malicious. So they're good people, they're good developers that either use the vulnerable third-party library or third-party software developer kit or they're just using a model of collecting additional data and they don't realize that they're also collecting enterprise data so there's data leakage occurring but it's not malicious and as a security professional it's hard to say let's block every app that's doing this because that's most of the apps unfortunately on on, sometimes on on user devices so it, it turns out that we need to do or implement additional technology where maybe if an app is not properly encrypting traffic or sending passwords in clear text Maybe we don't want to block the app, but maybe we want to turn on a VPN to protect that traffic. Uh, If we can work with a developer to fix it, that's great. But sometimes we don't know who the developer is. They're not going to implement a change just because a certain user asked them to. Uh, It really needs to be driven by either market saying, hey, you either fix this or we're not going to use your app or your software. Or by policy, uh, App Store or Google Play saying, hey, you need to fix this or else your app's not going to be able to be distributed.
1: How do you even figure out? Uh, you know, you got thousands of devices entering the corporate footprint, right? And all of them have different stuff on. And uh, I imagine you have to deal with device level and then network level and firewall. And, you know, so all these, you, you have to touch each area then. So the, the type of solution that you guys have to develop is not resident necessarily in any one. Place. Is, is that right
0: yeah that's correct and and that's one of the interesting things with mobile is it really came into the workplace really in the last eight to ten years that that it became predominantly everywhere but now it touches every component because it's connecting to your corporate network it it needs to have access through firewall it needs to have access to email you is now part of identity that's where you get your two factor authentication codes um, so so really the whole enterprise stack goes through mobile yet the technologies are not always there in terms of how to even monitor what's going on. If in some places, by jurisdiction, you might not be allowed to monitor a personal device. So you see certain companies issuing people phones so that they can monitor and, and secure them. So it, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, but it, it's that's part of the opportunity. And the exciting part is that we have to rewrite the security stack with mobile in mind. Uh, a mobile first or a mobile only world requires that.
1: Right, right. Where you used to be able to say, you know, well, I can lock the door, but now you've got a thousand open windows, you know, in a, in a building. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. And you right. have
0: folks working from home, working remotely, connecting to coffee shops, airports, uh, hotels, Wi Fi. So now it's worrying about those networks as well, not just your corporate network.
1: So, you know, okay, you're talking to, you know, 10,000 developers right now. Uh, tips and tricks, you know, sort of best practices from both from your experience, you know, building and growing a company and from the, the perspective of, you know, how do you do this right? Because you don't want to be the one who gets shut down or, you know, causes a problem and, and gets your name on it and, you know, sort of go out of business. So, I mean, there's a lot there, but yeah, I'd love if you'd share some, some stories and, you know, yeah, best practices. So
0: we recently conducted a, a threat research report. Uh, the finding the uh, it's a backend vulnerability. Uh, it's called hospital gown just for the visual that the, a gown when you go to the hospital is left open and your back end's exposed. But that's exactly what we saw, where developers were securing their app, they're using proper encryption, uh, they're, they're encrypting traffic uh, between the device and their back end, and they're encrypting uh, storage, data stored on device. But then they forgot to lock the door on their back end. Uh, so they're using third-party tools. We've seen this hospital gown with Amazon Web Services that get left world-readable, world not even a username and password. We've seen it with Microsoft uh, Azure. Uh, we've seen it with Google Firebase, really. Any tool that you're using as a developer, you have to make sure that you read and understand their security policies uh, and their security best practices because sometimes a shortcut of saying, well, I want to be able to access this quickly, I don't want to have to log in, means that, no one else needs to log in either, and, and just bad guys are able to access your customer data, uh, sometimes your backups, uh, so they could even delete your, your, your hard work, uh, your app. Um, so that's, I think, one of the key uh, takeaways. And, and just to show the scope of how this problem can propagate, a single application that's very popular um, could, could impact tens of millions or hundreds of millions of users. Um, so, so in the recent hospital gown, we found about 500 iOS and Android apps with over 1.1 billion downloads among them. So, I mean, 500 apps is not that much when you're talking about millions of apps in the App Store, but a billion downloads that that impacts a huge portion of the the mobile, uh, the mobile world.
1: Right, and all those devices reside in some kind of work context yeah. as well, even if you're not even using it. You know, you're sort of connected and in, 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 the, in the sphere there. So, okay, that's terrifying. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, wh- what do we do about that? Yeah. So,
0: I mean, and just to dig a little deeper, uh, the categories were also important. It's not just games that might have this issue, but it's productivity tools, health and fitness apps are increasingly collecting more personal health information uh, and personal identifiable information, PII, communication, finance apps. Uh, all In all, we found over 200 million back-end uh, databases that were exposed, uh, employee IDs, credentials, passwords, just millions of sensitive da- records. So how do we protect it? One, sometimes developers have, uh, like, security at, and then the name of the app of how to reach out to them, and we'll reach out with advice and, hey, we found this. Uh, please please fix it. Very few developers even monitor or respond to those kinds of alerts. So one, we have to have, obviously the big companies have bug bounties and, and kind of teams to do this, but even as a solo shop, we need to have security in mind, maybe have a way to have folks reach out to us. Uh, focus on, on, on best practices, always encrypt, don't hard code your credentials inside the app because that's another thing we've seen where Developers put their admin uh, root credentials hard coded in the app, and that's just like leaving a posted note on your laptop, except shipping the laptop to hundreds or to a billion people that end up downloading uh, your app.
1: Sure, yeah. sure. Or your your code is checked into a repo that's publicly available, and you know all your credentials and and yeah. <laughs> session IDs and everything are in there. So yeah, I mean it, you read those stories, and um, then it sounds trivial, but time.
0: a lot of times our our researchers. They go to the documentation on the on the library or SDK. They go to the section that says, never do this. And we say, okay, let's do that and see who else uh, did exactly those warnings. So no one likes documentation, but it's there for a reason. And, and I think it's really just important to be able to, to review that and, and think about the unintended consequences that can come from not following uh, best practices.
1: It makes me think that, that there must be maybe a higher bar to getting in, you know, the app store in general, this is not a different problem than the proliferation of, you know, IOT devices that, you know, just run with admin, admin, yeah. you know, a web server on your spoon or, you know, whatever thing someone comes up with. So it's certainly a broad conversation that, you know, the, the technology has outstripped the ability at this time to, to manage at that scale, there, this just kind of an existential issue for people to get their head around. Yeah.
0: But I think that's the challenge for both Apple and Google is they're already getting bombarded. I mean, the number of apps they have to review each day, each month is staggering. And obviously they have to first focus on the malicious threats and the types of malware and, and really catastrophic, uh, events that could impact a user. Uh, Second, they worry about functionality. The app has to run and comply to overall terms and conditions. But looking for vulnerabilities or or best practices is really low on their their list of priorities that they're reviewing for. And still, it takes a long time to get reviewed and approved to the App Store. So it it is something where some users say, well, it should be Apple's responsibility to just be a stronger gatekeeper still and, and look for this. But it's it's a really difficult problem to to find. I mean, we uh, with the semantics uh, technology, we're able to do static, dynamic, behavioral analysis, both of the application and the ends that they're talking to. Trying to do this uh, from from an Apple perspective would be pretty pretty tough for them to to
1: replicate. So, whose job is it? Yeah. I mean, you so you guys can find all these these issues, but um, you know, like you said, you can you can send it into the the dev null of somebody's email account, but uh, do we have an accountability problem where there's just like simply a, such a complex system that no one is in charge then?
0: Yeah. I mean, from a, when we look at data privacy, we're starting to see that it's going to come from regulation. Uh, And, and that's kind of, we've seen that with GDPR in Europe, uh, California is about to pass some pretty tough privacy laws That'll definitely have an impact in terms of both app stores are hosted in California. So even if the developer doesn't reside in California, they might have to comply with some of those California rules. That's just in terms of what data gets collected and how that data gets protected. Uh, In terms of vulnerabilities, it's a very difficult problem. And ultimately, when you sell a, a software or offer a software, I think it has to come to the developer uh, if there's something that, that should have been caught uh, or there's reasonable tools available to make sure that doesn't happen, or even the documentation spelled it out on on how to avoid certain issues. I think that's going to be interesting whether or not regulation goes that way. I, I hope not. I hope that as an industry, we can take care of our, our code and take care of our users. Uh, but, but it's been, I mean, code vulnerability analysis software has been in business for many, many years because it's, it's been a problem since the beginning. Um, this just makes it tougher because now there's I call them Frankenstein apps. you build an app and, and maybe forty or fifty percent max of the code is your own. most of it is third party libraries and tools so you, now you're introducing their bugs and their vulnerabilities into your software as well
1: right, right so is there a place then to, to think about it I mean most of that stuff is open source, so is there a place to think about you know scanning uh, the publicly available libraries then and, and being able to, to be meaningful contributors back to the, you know, there's kind of the source of the issue, right? I mean, there's, there's fewer libraries than there are apps certainly because of, you know, reuse and, and distribution. So that, that seems like a, a vector that might be worth, you know, sort of exploring and there's increasing pressure from, you know, on, on all the big players to, you know, make more contributions to open source. Cause certainly we're all using it and all benefit from it. Is that, direction you see things going?
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, We've done a lot of work with the semantic research team to focus precisely on SDKs and libraries, uh, produce new CVEs when we find them. Uh, If you're able to fix an SDK and it's used by tens of thousands of apps, you made a great progress, right? Uh, It's also then making sure that as developers, we're looking at the right version of the libraries that we're using, make sure that we're using one with the latest fixes and and, and, like bug fixes. Um, And then in terms of enterprise, a lot of our customers end up submitting apps they built themselves, or a lot of apps that they had a third party help them build uh, for this kind of issue and vulnerability before they deploy. We're starting to see uh, a push of not just enterprise focused apps being reviewed, but even enterprise to consumer or B2C apps where maybe it's just a marketing app, sign up for this campaign, or you're going to an event, here's the conference. We're starting to see those types of apps also getting additional security reviews. Uh, But really in order to have mass effect, it it probably is something where either open source or tools available, uh, maybe Apple and Google can can invest in some sort of pre-scanners for vulnerability where you can check your app before you submit it for official review. Um, so they have, so they don't create a a bottleneck in the normal review process, but maybe there's a pre health check or something. That'd be a great idea, I think.
1: (laughs) So now somebody just needs to own that and pay for it. So, yeah, I can see where the, (laughs) the challenge, you know, would come from on that regard. Um, so yeah, maybe last, last question or, you know, just sort of go, okay, we're talking to a bunch of developers now and, and business owners and people who are like deeply embedded in this Ecosystem. I don't know, maybe the top three things that people should do in that seat to make sure that at least they're doing their part. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I think one is as a developer, there's a lot of things on our minds Uh, and and you're behind schedule and over budget and you have the new feature request and, and competition and how do I monetize? And I think just security is not even in the top five, let alone the top 10, uh, in, in, in our mind. And, and that has to change. I, I think we, we don't want to wait until we're on the headlines or we had a big breach or worse, uh, a fine or something that can like threaten the business. Um, so just the frame of mind, it's been proven that just being aware of some of the risks that could happen gives us a little bit more of a paranoia. It's a good, healthy paranoia. And just having it in mind as we develop, as we build, uh, so it's not an afterthought, will be a great help. Uh, Second, making version control and just using latest versions and and having some good hygiene on, on SDKs or libraries that are not getting support or developed, getting them from official sources, not using like third third party type of we, like we saw with Xcode Ghost on, on iOS a few years ago, a lot of developers, legit developers, downloaded a fake version of Xcode and ended up writing malware into the iOS app store uh, as a result. Uh, millions and millions of downloads as well. So not trying to take shortcuts uh, and, and using the, the official stores. And, and then when possible, when it makes sense, using third-party code review or doing some sort of peer review is helpful. I, again, I understand that realistically, not everyone's going to have budget or, or, or time for it. But just trying to keep security in mind, I think will, will be a great
1: first step. Domingo, thank you, man. Gosh, that's a lot to think about. You know, you jammed a lot in there, so <laughs> totally appreciate your time. It's great to have you on. I know that our audience is going to benefit a lot from the from the uh, the options and uh, just the awareness of you know how how critically important you know the footprint of your little tiny app is at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a great way to wrap up ledge is with great power comes great responsibility, right? Uh the old, the old uh, Spider-Man quote, but really we when we put something out there, we hope it's going to great be big and useful and and folks are going to find it helpful. Uh and sometimes it is really big and that's great, but it also means that the responsibility grows with that. Uh, I, I in certain industries, if, if you build a bridge as a civil engineer, you need to get certified and tested and go through a lot of training. And one of the beauty of software development is that anyone can do it from anywhere. You, you can be self-taught, but it also means that we have to educate and, and invest in ourselves and, and just keep learning about security and, and how to best protect our users.
1: Thank you for that. Great finish. Thanks for spending time to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ledge. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io.
1: We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.